With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Vanderpump Rob's A Sexy Unique Recap Podcast, where we're watching Winter House. Who's we? It's myself, Rob Schulte, and my friend Molly Schwartz. Hey, Molly. Hi. Okay, so the letters are flowing in. It's like Miracle on 34th Street. People are loving our dynamic. They're saying, please, more. Please, don't ever stop this train of current season Bravo show watching. And I say, okay, one bit of constructive criticism I would just like to bring at the very top of the episode, Molly, is that sometimes we don't provide as much context. But if we miss anything, I am offering this up to the listeners that they can feel free to write in at VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. We are so open to constructive criticism. And also, I mean, the assumption is that everyone is watching these shows with us, but I would love for this to be a podcast that people can tune into without watching. Yeah. That might even be healthier for some folks. Sure. I don't know. You'll probably do (laughs) more cleaning, more walking, more (laughs) just living your life with just the podcast. And you'll still be able to join in on the Bravo Slack discussions that happen uh, in our generation's water cooler, you know? (laughs) So, Molly, before we start with today's uh, Winter House episode, I just wanted to talk a little bit about BravoCon because rumor had it there was going to be some big Vanderpump Rules announcement. Didn't happen. not Not on my radar, but I did watch the charming house rules watch what happens live segment that aired after the episode of winter house this week and it was it was fun but i don't know if you know this uh, apparently bravocon this year was wrought with technical difficulties is that so disappointed yeah. disappointed wait tell me what happened i'm sure they were trying to get back into the flow of it but like a lot of line issues a mm-hmm. lot of like a less than organized timing on when people were going to be able to get to their seats versus mm. when doors open. Um, not as many drink stations, even if it's non-alcoholic beverages, just like getting people hydrated or areas to congregate in between. It was not many for the amount of tickets sold. And then sound. Apparently there were some sound issues, which... We hate to hear it. It's winter time. Sound issues, naughty list for these podcasters, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Santa's naughty list. I yep. mean, that sounds to me like they were happy to take the money from ticket buyers 
maybe they sold more tickets than they really could handle and they weren't thinking so much about the comfort of their guests. Yes. Um, silver lining, maybe that means the next BravoCon will be over the top in uh, guest relations. One can only hope. Yeah. Aside from the Watch What Happens that aired after this week's episode of Winterhouse, there was an Andy's Legends uh, episode, which is kind of like Oprah's Legends. But uh, there, the one thing I wanted to talk about it was a musical medley that happened between a lot of performers from Bravo shows that have released musical numbers. And Sheena did get to come out and sing 30 seconds of Good as Gold. And I think she stole the show because she did the splits on stage. <laughs> and hey, great job, Sheena. Everyone was cheering. They love it. It's a catchy tune. Yeah, it's such a good song. It's a bop. Yeah. And I saw the photos. I didn't see um, the musical medley, but I saw the photos on Instagram that Sheena posted. So iconic. She was yeah. in huge platforms, which yes. made me want to watch it because I was like, how did she slide down into the splits in those shoes? And the faces of people in the background are just like, <gasps> like mouths yeah. wide open. Everyone surprised and delighted. And apparently her and Brandy Glanville took a photo together afterwards and they seemed happy as hell. Mm. So good for them on yeah. amending old wounds. Uh, more on that first season of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Uh, but what I will say on the Watch What Happens Live, Lala alludes to not being very happy with Raquel, which is probably due to some of the rumors you and I discussed on a previous episode of Raquel Summer. Mm. Sandoval apparently enjoys getting slapped in the face <laughs> by Ariana in whatever way you'd like to take that. I mean, surprising no one, really. <laughs> no, not at all. And also, you want to talk about big shoes? Sandoval had, like, they looked like platforms. They looked like a hybrid between, like, Timberlands and, like, the Kanye shoes that look like aliens. Uh, it was just very wild. And he was wearing a very Brock-styled shirt. I just got to put that out there. Brock is known mm. for his fashion choices as in like um, a loose neckline very loose very uh see-through with some sort of animal stripes it was sure so he's ready to go to a festival that is exactly it but there was a lot of beef squashing happening apparently but it was all very i don't know we know how live events can not always translate to uh, uh television or yeah. any other sort of medium but I, it seemed like everyone was having fun. That's good. I think we should get into today's episode of Winter House. Now, some bullet points I wanted to go over here, Molly, and that's uh, Craig is getting the villain edit. Can you give me, just since we talked about this, maybe yeah. some background on Craig? Sure. So Craig Conover, he's from Southern Charm. He was on Winter House first season, and he has gotten into a relationship with Paige DeSorbo from Summer House. Craig has recently come into money with his sewing company as well as his book deal and um, generally being a Bravo personality. Yeah, it's true. And he has a bit of a reputation. I feel like sometimes he comes off as the nice guy, kind of the gentleman. I would say in the first season of Winter House, he was considered a gentleman, um, someone easy for women to talk to. But he's also known for making a fool of himself at uh, Southern Charm reunions. He tends to... Ooh 
drink a little too much, <laughs> and maybe do some other things. Hmm. Get a little out of control. A Bravo person drinking too much? Yeah. <laughs> Southern Charms next on my list. I've almost caught up on all of Summer House, so I'm very interested in this. Um, yeah. We've met some new people and some people who were first introduced on Winter House Season 1, one being Jason, who we did talk about a bit last episode. Yes. Um, and then Jess, who we introduced with her cult-like upbringing. Yes, raised the Baptist. And Rachel, who owns her own florist shop in New York, who saved the day at Kyle and Amanda's wedding. I'm still waiting to get to that episode, but uh, I love seeing the flashbacks to it. It's, it's coming. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm watching some auteur film. I'm gonna. It's all going to piece together soon enough. Kyle and Amanda are now chilling as a married couple and are not getting into as much drama as we've seen in the past. Of course, it's only episode two. A little bit happens today. We'll get there. And of course, Luke reminds us that he's seeking therapy and trying to better himself. Yes, these are the main points. So today is Winter House season two, episode two, Cold Snap. Oof. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I found it interesting, Molly, the difference between a Hulu episode description and a Peacock episode description. Would you mind reading the Peacock episode description? Sure. So Peacock, short and sweet. Relationships begin to shatter. Craig takes a firm stance on shared house chores. Cool. I'm in. I want to know what that means. Yeah. Hulu feels like we need a little bit more. And it says, relationships begin to shatter during a snow squall. Craig takes a firm stance on shared house chores. Sierra, Luke, and Jason flirt with the newcomers after a party at a local bar in town. Tensions rise. So if we didn't know tensions were going to rise on a Bravo show, we are reminded here. I'm interested in who writes these sometimes, because if you go back and look at like old episodes of Melrose Place, it's obvious that someone has just watched the first three minutes of the show, and that's the episode description. <laughs> at least we're getting something a little bit more full here. Even in the Peacock one, yeah. we get a snappy, here's what's up. The funny thing is the Hulu one seems to take from the Peacock one and just build <laughs> yes. on it. Like it uses the same language, but just extends it a little more. You yeah, know, it's like we're Hulu. You're getting your money's worth. Yeah. Something I would just like to mention, maybe not the one of the central uh, storylines in the show, Rachel's one-liners 
got me this episode. She was just bringing the humor. So first of all, something so relatable. She talks about how she gets up at 5 a.m. every morning because she runs a florist company. Yes. The flower stalls open at 6 a.m. And so she is not able to sleep in and sleep off her hangover, <laughs> which is so relatable. So she's like, 5 a.m., I'm awake, alert, and dying. She, yes. <laughs> she was like, normally I'm just awake and alert, but like when she's a hangover, she just has to be awake for it and uh, can relate. It's the worst. Also, she confesses that like, I think it was Jason asking her, so is your apartment filled with flowers? And she was like, surprisingly, no, I can't keep plants alive. And just with a straight <laughs> face, then she runs a florist company. And I don't, there was just things that she was saying that it was like dry humor. And she just kept delivering for me. And then she also, she just seems like a delightful housemate. She gets up early, cleans everything, makes breakfast, and then the boys eat it all, as she said. Yeah. It was, and that breakfast looked delicious. What I will say is like after episode one, when she cleaned up almost the entire house, I'm glad that she like started to clean and did some decent cleaning, but then was like, no, 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 no. This is not the pattern we're no. getting into. Speaking of cleaning, lots of cleaning drama. Yeah. Which feeds into this villainous Craig edit, especially the edit leading up to the commercial and then always the thing that happens right after the commercial. You know, everyone meets together. They're all got their headaches and they're hungover and broken glass. Ah, you know, we're breaking glass. We're trashing the house. And everyone's like, let's just do it. Let's just clean the house. Then we can go do our own thing. Craig's like, I don't clean. I don't know how to clean. An absurd statement to be made, like, especially in front of your partner. Like, yeah, is this this what it's like at home? Yeah, that's it. Like, he should be feeling embarrassed. Yeah. Yes. Like, and cutting back to the scenes where he's like, I don't know how the house got trashed. And it's him just like his hair just flipping backwards as he's like punching everything. Like, when they start to have a second party and the house is getting trashed again, Craig's reasoning is, if we're not here to trash the house, what are we doing? Like going on vacation equates to destroying things is. Yeah. He seems too old for that sort of mentality. And also like that's a very specific sort of mindset. Frat boy, maybe. Yeah. Very frat boy mindset, which I guess does bring the question into it. Is Corey making him act like more of a frat boy? I have no idea. That's a wild mindset. I think a fun vacation can happen without breaking things or having broken glass everywhere or stamping on the table like a heathen. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it it was it was too much. The fact that everyone else was willing to just be like, we are many bodies here. We can focus, clean, get it done, get on with our day. And he decided to make a fight about it was nonsense. And also, I'm kind of like, fine, if you don't want to clean, maybe don't be the one destroying the house. Exactly. Like if you're kind of cleaning up after yourself as you go and you don't like if anyone has a reason to not participate in cleaning, it's all the people who didn't trash the house like you did. Absolutely. And I'll go one step further. If you don't want to clean and you're trashing the house, Maybe don't also instigate the argument that you don't want to clean. Like, go to the store, go do anything else. I don't even care if it's productive, but you would win more points if you're like, I'll go grocery shopping, you know, like (laughs) get out of their faces. (laughs) Go like Windex one corner of the window over and over. Give us a little (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Seriously, just pretend like you're doing something. Yeah, don't bring it into like... And also then it gets into all this weird class stuff yes. where then Luke is like, he. you obviously grew up a different way than I did if you don't know how to clean because I grew up poor. And Craig is like, I grew up poor. And then he quickly kind of backtracks on that. And he's that like, poor. I'm first generation with money. It was so just gross. The Ugh. only thing I will say in Craig's defense, I somehow I feel like I am going to end up defending Craig too much because he just looks so bad. <laughs> but the only thing I will say is I think that on Summer House, they purposely make the cast clean. I think there's something yeah. valid about that, but Bravo does want them to go and have these wild parties, and then they want these scenes of them all being hungover and miserable and cleaning, I think partly because it's relatable. Sure. And I think it has been a point of tension in the past that they're like, why can't we just hire a cleaning crew? We'd be willing to pay for it. But it just seems like that's probably not going to happen. No. And so... Yeah, no, the Craig looked bad. Even as it happened, like he even agrees and be like, okay, if everyone's going to clean, I'm going to clean, which it doesn't have to be a caveat there. Like it doesn't have to yeah. be a, no, just clean up after yourself because you're an adult sharing a like space a grown person. with human beings. Yes. And then Paige is even like, here's your job and like gives him a banana to put somewhere else. It's like even like that she has to like live in that circle is, it's just painful. And I'm with you. Like, I want to defend Craig because, like, I don't want to defend that behavior, but I want to defend the fact that he's obviously getting not shown in the best light here. And I think, right. I think that's going to be a through line because of stuff that's developing later on. Like, when Austin yes. gets here, I think things might switch. And I yeah. think with. Uh, the Luke developments of this episode, they're trying to like bridge that gap between is Craig as bad as we think Craig is or does alcohol just make him a monster? Yeah. Speaking of Craig Luke, and we touched on this last week, the boat thing, the fireworks thing, like it's so clear that like you said last week, there's underlying tension for reasons we may not know, but the boat thing is what they can argue about in public. Yeah. That's what they can say on TV. That's what they can say in front of everyone when they're not drunk. Like the, this yeah. is the the topic. I'm mad at you and I can point to fireworks and boat. But it, it's like you pointed out though, I feel like the money thing keeps coming up around it too, where it's Craig is like, I have all this money. I can pay for a cleaning service. And then Luke again has to bring up the cost of his boat. Like it just so obviously feels like this measuring contest. Yes. Uh, side note, I love when they're cleaning, someone finds that Craig like left his book out and it was signed. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Like that, I'm so glad that was left in the edit, but that is someone being like, oh, this is, like Craig doesn't look good, but also this is too funny. Like I'm keeping it's too this funny. in. And just casually laying out there in case someone wants to read it. Yeah. You know? A strong part of this episode was the cleaning drama, painting this picture for later on in the episode. And the things around the cleaning drama with the broken glass yeah. tension. So I guess multiple glasses have been broken. People are walking around in their bare feet. They're getting glass in their feet. There was a little explosion between Craig and Amanda. Oh, at um, the end. Yeah. 
Yes, because Amanda was really getting upset that there was broken glass again. And she was kind of like, I'm done with the broken glass. And Craig says something ridiculous like, well, don't walk around with bare feet then, which is obviously just so obnoxious. And Craig and Amanda start getting into it, which is a bit what had been foreshadowed. Paige, Craig's girlfriend, said in the first episode, what am I going to do if Craig fights with my friends? And we're starting to see that happen a little bit. It was pretty quickly squashed and resolved, but broken glass seems to be causing strife in the house. Or Craig is causing strife, whatever you like to see. Yeah, there's an interesting shitty thing that we've heard on shows like this in the past where a lot of times you will hear a toxic dude say like, keep your girl on a leash or keep your girlfriend on a leash. And Kyle says that to Paige about Craig. I hated that moment. I'm glad you brought it up. It's so, because I think this is something that happens a lot, actually, that women are attacked when the men that they are dating behave badly. Yes. And it's just so wild to me because I don't think that the reverse happens, actually. And also, you just can't control another person. That's the big thing to me. Like, first of all, yes, it is not Paige's responsibility when her boyfriend is acting like a complete asshole, but- This whole idea that like the partner is supposed to control the partner is it just is like nails on a chalkboard when it's 2020. (laughs) Like I hate it's always been shitty, but it's just like, come on. We know better. We've been on so many seasons of these shows, too. You know what I mean? Like, like you are actively just doing retrograde talking points yes and kyle of all people exactly kyle of all people who's the one who's been the biggest culprit in the past where people have been amanda has had to get into so much stuff on his behalf because he's the one acting out and for him to do the same thing was too much for me I think we have to talk about Luke and Jess. Oh, we do need to talk Luke and Jess. We cannot let this escape us. I just want to say that without going into details, I have been in Jess's position and I feel for her. It's the worst. I've been in a situation where there's someone I met. It was a little flirty to start out with. We were in like a group vacation house And pretty quickly, I knew I wasn't actually interested, but you're in an odd situation where you're sharing a house and it just becomes unbearable. Mm. Like you're so aware of where they are all the time. You wish they were picking up on your signals. You kind of wish they would just disappear. (laughs) And (laughs) that makes me feel not only like I can relate to her, but like Luke was coming on too strong. Yes, she was legitimately interested in just meeting him and like flirting a little bit and potentially interested but he has to leave the space for them to get to know each other a little better and decide if they actually want to be together and I'm so sick of Luke being like I'm evolved and now I'm ready and I'm interested in you and therefore I somehow deserve something that is it yes I mean we all learn and grow and live and evolve it is a similar thing on Vanderpump Rules when like Kristen goes to a therapy session and then be like, I'm learning that like maybe anger isn't the best move for me. And Luke, just because you, you've started going to therapy doesn't mean you've had a complete breakthrough and doesn't mean that like you are a fully changed human being. No. It was, from my perspective, 
I remember having strong infatuation or feelings for someone and then being, you know, not catching signals, but also like that should happen maybe a couple of times in your young adult life before you start realizing like, oh, other human beings have thoughts and preferences (laughs) and that maybe just because I want something doesn't mean I'm going to get something. Yep. Even if I've evolved and done everything, quote, right. And it, it is, it's wild because someone once told me, Molly, that we're all the main character in the movie we're directing in our mind and that everyone thinks that way. Yeah. And when you realize that, like, that's the way the brain works, then you realize, like, oh, in their main story, I'm the creep or I'm the person who's pursuing too hard. Yeah. Sorry, tangent, but it makes me think of like Jax who watches Friends nonstop and how that whole show evolves into like, I must just pursue someone until they like me and I'm doing all of the right moves. And it, and when Luke is talking to Kyle and is like, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm thinking about her, it's like, Okay, so like, yeah, is she? No, she's not. <laughs> she's not at all. And the thing that also gets me about this, first of all, I think Luke's a very kind of traditionally handsome person. He's worked as a model. He's rugged. He saws wood outdoors. <laughs> I somehow have a feeling that he's generally had a lot of success with women. At least, you know, I, I maybe not, maybe not, but he maybe didn't learn the lessons he needed to learn as early and to me it's showing but there's something also wrong here where yes it's possible to catch feelings quickly but part of the reason why I think he's such a turnoff to Jess is because without really knowing each other he's being so into it and they don't really know each other yet and I think on his side as well he needs to give himself space to get to know her better and not just if she's interested, but if they're compatible. And so I feel like all of his behavior is just setting off these red flags. And I agree with you. There's so much media that shows these dangerous narratives that first of all, you should just fall head over heels in love right away. And second of all, if you just pursue, 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 eventually like that's somehow romantic and you'll get what you want. Yeah. So much of that like media, this generation of people we're seeing has grown up with kind of warps that perspective. Yeah. And here's the, maybe not the last thing, but one of the last things I want, I, I want to say about it is when everything kind of comes to a head after the group comes back from the bar, it's 3 a.m., the massage train is going, and, you know, Jason seems to be giving Rachel a massage, and they seem to be vibing with one another, and we can talk about that in a second. Obviously, we've seen that Luke and Jess are not vibing. It's one-way vibes. Yeah, it doesn't look good, and it looks uncomfortable, and it looks potentially dangerous. But then the moment Luke gets called out by Craig, he flips into like being able to like just talk to Craig about being like, you know, let's get in a fight. Show me who you are, blah, 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 blah. And I think that it's mm. the defensive nature of that. It was just troubling to watch, you know? Yeah. And then having the phone call with his sister... I think the right move was to leave. Yeah. he He's not winning any battles and he's not showcasing himself in the best light. And I at least like that in his talking head, he could be like, you know, sometimes you don't realize how you're being perceived by others. And it sucks when you are 
confronted with that reality. Yeah, that was a fascinating moment. I think the issue with Craig getting involved, even though I do understand where it comes from. I don't know that the women in the house necessarily need Craig protecting them, but I I understand why he was like, Luke, stop. Um, I also think that him confronting him in that way in a bit of that like alpha male, you know, tossing your influence around made Luke feel a bit humiliated. And um, I think that might have been the reason why he decided to leave and had such a hard time hearing that. But it was fascinating watching that point land, as you just said, where Luke is literally thinking, am I that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that creep yeah. <laughs> who's um, paying unwanted attention to women. And I mean, hopefully it's a good learning moment. And it's like you were saying before, just recognizing that everybody has their own thing going on in their head and you have to be perceptive and respectful yeah. to that. There's a squall coming through town. There's a squall. Yeah, a squirrel, a squall. Uh, a squall? Yeah. A squall? <laughs> <laughs> to go out to a bar in the middle of a snowstorm, good on him, but Corey is so hung up on like, we're not going to look like anyone at this bar. Everyone's going to be like, who are they? I was like, yeah, and you love that. You love I know. that. You also have a full camera crew yes. and in those outfits, also in Brooklyn, you would stand yes. out at a bar. Like no one else is here wearing like feathered tube tops. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I don't <laughs> like I love sometimes seeing some of the outfits because people on these shows are really like the outfits are half the show. Yeah, no kidding. And whether or not they got attention from anyone, it wasn't shown to us, the viewer. And so it's like you you kind of went in there with this like. I hope people notice us and talk to us or or at least are peering over from their tables. But no, no one gave a shit. They were at the local <laughs> the local watering hole while it snowstormed to in a keep squall. warm. Yeah. And yeah. uh and that just I don't know, sat very well with me when I watched that. Nope, no one cares. <laughs> I love that point. I love that observation. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. <laughs> Uh, Rachel and Jason had a moment at the bar, though. I I enjoyed this. I'm here for it. Yeah, it was sweet. Just friendly conversation while they were taking shots. The one thing I will say is like, Jaeger bombs at this day and age. Come on, I know. Like, it's disturbing. But I will say, when I used to work in a bar, Craig was the person I disliked most last call yes i'll have six of these and seven more of these and it's like it's like that was not the point of last call (laughs) it's just close out your tab we're done here yeah i feel like it's the danger also it's people like that who when there's an open bar and they know it like cuts off at a certain point they're like i'm gonna go and order five margaritas you know it's terrible it's terrible i actually uh confession i have never had a jaeger bomb well it's still a bit of a mystery to me no need to start now, but hey, that's, I'm not going to gatekeep the Jaeger bombs on you. Um, I'm not sure how much of a Red Bull fan you are or a black licorice fan, but uh, mixing them together. Hmm. I actually do love black licorice I and actually, I, I hate Red Bull. So I, don't. I am in the minority as well of people who like black licorice. So I'm, yeah. it's probably why we're podcasting. 
quite honestly, honestly. It's why we vibe. Yeah. I love black licorice. Like it's the thing that if I go to like a pick and mix kind of candy store, I'm getting every kind of black licorice. And you know that no one else has put their grubby little paws no, all over it. No, I always <laughs> offer and people are like, ugh. More for me? <laughs> uh, can we talk... Corey, though, for a moment, because you put yes. one thing in here that made me laugh out loud in our document. Okay. So, Corey, <laughs> so far, <laughs> he's been uh, somewhat charming. Like, we generally like his vibe. He seems laid back, casual. But when he's driving in the car with Jess to get groceries, they're talking a bit about how she feels about Luke, or I think they're flirting a little bit. And he has an interview where he says... You know, none of the girls in the house know it yet, but I'm kind of pursuing all of them. And he's being critical of Luke and his approach with Jess because he's like, girls don't want what they can get. And that line just made me like want to vomit in my (laughs) mouth because this is really this is where I think people get a really bad lesson because it's like conflating a little bit what I was talking about earlier, which is that most people, not just women, like to feel out whether they like someone, especially if you're living in a house. And to me, that's the sign of like a reasonable person and someone who I want to be getting involved with. That's not to say that just because someone isn't coming on super strong, that people are that women are interested because it's someone who it seems like they can't get like I'm not here for these games. Like, yes, Corey is playing it well and that he's just being chill and nice and casual and getting to know people, but we don't need to take it there. Doesn't need to have that extra layer of like uh, planning or plotting that that, that no. line seems to add right. to. Like, no, just feel out the moment and give people personal space. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't literally. have to also be like, mm, I'm playing hard to get and like, oh, you can't have me or maybe I don't want you or maybe whatever. But Lord. Um, yeah. Yeah, Corey, he does seem to be getting along with everyone. And I don't yeah. think that's like plotted. But uh, no. But people seem to like him. I think they understand that like everyone generally likes Craig and a friend of Craig is a friend of theirs. Even if Craig's acting a fool, most of these Mm -hmm. episodes so far. Um, I just think that like Corey might be the only person who can reason with Craig when he's drunk because it's, it doesn't seem like anyone else can. And Corey also threw a glass in glass breaking gate or whatever we're calling it, broken glass gate and owned up to it immediately he was the one who was like i'm sorry that was my bad i got too into it and amanda's frustrated picking it up as we talked about earlier in the episode and then craig is the one who takes it to the next level and Corey's gonna like it it didn't work but he at least like tried to bring some sense to him like come on man yeah yeah we'll see where that goes maybe hey who knows maybe they won't be friends by the end of the season i doubt it yeah also yeah quick thought um Mm -hmm. Do you think Craig, I just have a feeling Craig does not like seeing this uh, photo from their college days. They keep popping up in these episodes where he is like, who gave the photo? Yeah. Like, cause, but yes, they look like frat boys, but like Corey still kind of looks like he goes to the gym and Craig looks (laughs) um, a little bit, a little more scrawny than he does Mm. now. And yeah. Yeah, I I don't know who gave them that photo, but that's a great question. Yeah. Who gave production the photo and was it Corey? And will it be I used? Think you might be onto something. In every episode. <laughs> the answer to that is yes. Yeah. 
Well, I think the last point we should probably just talk about is something interesting that Jess said. And this just jumped out to me. And I don't know. I think it kind of like gives us this balance of like people have had lives before being on Bravo. And Jess and Amanda are playing Never Have I Ever. And Amanda said, you know, never have I ever been engaged. And Jess is like, oh, wait, yes, I have been engaged. When I was 18 years old, I was engaged to a 26-year-old, which in the scheme of things, not that big of a difference. But when you're 18, it's a huge difference. Yeah, that's like a different age range. Yeah, that is wild. Like if we're talking 40 and 50 something, different life experience. But right, right. this is like with her like strict Baptist upbringing as well as then like this older person wanting to jump immediately into marriage with her. Uh, she says that, what is it that she, instead of like breaking it off with him, she just moved to Australia with her sister. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Not avoidant at all. Not at but all. I guess, but she was 18. So <laughs> we'll give her a hard pass. Yeah. I feel like that avoidance is, more understood at her age there, um, yeah. especially probably just recently coming out of the church. Yeah. I do not think that this is like a blaming of anything, but like she's also yeah. avoiding being direct with Luke. Luke's not making yeah. it easy on her, but it is no. one of those things where like I can see them trying to like in the production edit, like point these two facts at us for audience yes. members. I also think in general, Jess, we saw she's an f- interesting mix. I can't quite get a read on her because there's moments yes. where she's kind of got that like unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt vibe going of like, <laughs> I'm new to the modern world. And like, I didn't know there's no such thing as not alcoholic seltzer. Yes. Like she drops these lines or like, oh yeah, I love sardines. And it turns out she likes tuna. Yeah. She has no idea what sar- sardines are. She doesn't know that what's a dustpan called. Like there, and there are some things where also it's like, uh, she doesn't know what a Brazilian wax is that comes up in the never have I ever game yeah. with Amanda. And that's the kind of thing where you're like, yeah, if you grew up strict religious, like you might not know what a Brazilian wax is. Understandable. But there are other moments where you're like, Jess, like what's going on? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but also um, being like really into crypto real estate like, yeah, that was what when she tells Kyle that sh- what her job is basically Zillow for the metaverse, yeah. that she sells real estate in the metaverse. There was so much of me that I was like, I wish I was the kind of person who could say that line with a straight face <laughs> because I would probably be making a lot more money than I am today. Tell me about it. <laughs> but, but I was like, what is happening? We've pretty much summed up a lot of the biggest points of t- season two episode two cold snap i had thought that like we need some sort of game or something to just like wrap up the episode and you thought maybe pointing out our like rose and thorn of the episode and then i thought since it's winter house maybe it should be the snow angel and avalanche of the episode love it i'm gonna give uh not a person as my snow angel but a thing that happened this episode, which is that in general, the women are there for each other. Overall, there's not really drama happening between the women. I love that. I feel like they've been looking out for each other. I felt like Amanda was looking out for Jess and trying to bond with her playing. Never have I ever. And then kind of looking out for her with Luke. And I loved that Sierra was like, come here page. Let's do a shot. Just the two of us. It just feels like the women are all being cool with each other and supportive. And I love that. 
what's your snow angel? I really like that. I'm going to go with a person this episode, snow angel being Rachel, because we've seen that she parties with the best of them, the fuck yes, fuck no mentality, but the with the one-liners you talked about this episode, but also seeing that she was just like partying, having fun, and then being goofy when she was like back home being like, I'm avoiding this mess, and then going to bed. I don't know. She really... Uh, I want to be her friend, you know? She, she's yeah. welcoming yeah. on the show. Um, and my avalanche, it, I mean, Craig-Luke dynamic, like, just, mm. it, it, it was interesting to watch, but obviously a catastrophe for everyone involved. How about you? Yeah, I'm a little torn on my avalanche. I Part of me wants to give it to that line of Corey's that I said, where it's like, <laughs> girls want what they can't have. It's tied between that and Luke's general just inability to grasp when someone isn't interested in him back. It's a tie. Two avalanches from me. Hey, that's fine. Anyone who's updating the Wikipedia of the podcast know that there's a tie this episode on Molly's side. Yes, please. Any closing thoughts on today's episode? I think we hit a lot of the major points. Honestly, I like that it feels like relationships are deepening and becoming more complex. I know that we'll be having more uh, people from elsewhere in the Bravoverse joining later on, and I'm glad about that. But I also feel like the group that's in the Winter House right now will carry the show. Like, I'm, I am ready for next week. Like, I'm looking forward to next Thursday. Yeah. This group will carry the show, and I completely forgot when watching it that Lindsay and Carl are showing up and Tom and Tom are showing up. The whole purpose mm. of us wanting to do this season. <laughs> and I think that says something. I, I think that, yeah. that they've got the formula down for Winter House. Um, the only other thing I'll say is I wonder how much Craig's going to remind people that he wrote a book and makes money. Uh, don't see it yeah. ending anytime soon. But Does he have a company? Maybe something to do with hmm, pillows? Hmm. He might be stitching that idea together. Um, <laughs> but yes, Molly, thank you again for joining me on another episode of Vanderpump Robs. We're making a good team. People are enjoying it. I just want to remind everyone that if you'd like to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Vanderpump Robs and get bonus episodes as well as ad-free and early access to episodes like this one. Thank you, Molly, for joining me. Thank you, Rob. Always a pleasure. I guess we'll see everyone next week on Vanderpump Robs. Goodbye. Wait, Rob, is that who we're talking about? Yeah.